Thank you for tuning in to Acts to Life. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the topic of growth complacency. Growth complacency. And a little disclaimer here at the beginning is uh, throughout this episode, um, I am not um, advocating a competition. Um, I'm not promoting saying that we have to have uh, rivalry or anything like that. Uh, just a little disclaimer in there, just a little side note to keep in the back of your mind. And then the second part of that is uh, there's going to be some personal stories uh, of myself in this. And and uh, some people like personal stories, others um, they don't. Uh, so I, I, I will say here at the beginning, I do have a couple of personal stories uh, just to kind of give some groundwork to give a backdrop of uh, just where I'm coming from with this and then uh, some uh, information that I am learning and still learning. I'm still learning these things. So growth complacency. Uh, we have a complacency against growing, right? That's something that we don't we don't want in our life. And, and how this kind of came about, at least this thought, uh, came to me the other day. I was uh, doing some training uh, with... Um, uh, our church's security team and some great guys there, and and um, I'm not officially on the security team at this point. Um, I was, but um, I'm now just kind of uh, an honored member, I guess you could put it. But no, no, we're we're good friends, and and I was thankful for the opportunity to kind of go through this training with them. And this topic came to me because. You know, I've been trying to practice my um, uh, my skills into home defense or personal defense, and uh, just trying to uh, do my due diligence. And uh, when I went into this training, you know, I, I've I spent days and I've spent weeks and stuff like that. Almost every day, I'm uh, I'm pulling out and practicing. Um, uh, with this laser and, and so forth, and I'm not trying to go into too much detail, um, but uh, I'm, you know, really dialing in my accuracy and my footwork and and so forth, so that if anything did happen, um, you know, it's the best of my ability. And when I got on the set, and it was kind of like a um, um, house that they built up for simulation and and uh, had these, um, I think they're like soap bullets or something like that. Uh, simunition, I think is what they call them. And it's for force on force training. And, and you know, I've been practicing. I mean, almost every day I'm practicing this and practicing that. And, you know, I'm feeling like, I feel pretty confident. I mean, I'm not the best, but maybe, you know, do at least a good job. And, I mean, I'm, I'm dialing in. I can hit like a quarter-sized target, like at 30 feet. And it's like, okay, I'm doing great with this. But then when I was put under that stress, under the pressure, and there's like an active shooter within this house uh, um, a layout, and we're trying to clear it, we're working with a partner and trying to take care of each room, make sure there's no threat. And... I'm going through this, and I remember this one particular target, and I I, I shot the paper target three times, and uh, I, I was impressed with my speed, but then once the drill was over and I went back and looked at my target, um, 
it, it was not a very close group uh, with my accuracy. And I was like, man, what is going on? I don't understand how in the world did I hit a hip bone, an arm, and a heart? Like, that is not a quarter size target at 30 feet. This paper target was about five, six feet away from me. But it just kind of goes to show that no matter how much you sometimes train and stuff, uh, when you're put under stress, when you're going through a circumstance, uh, that's w when it really matters. You're not going to be as good as is you may uh, may be in like a vacuum uh, environment where you control all the parameters, you control the culture, you control everything. It's not going to go like that. In the real world that we live in, um, th there is a race, if you will. Um, there is a race for time. There is a, a, a battle in the spiritual realm. Um, and if we are not, um, I think it was Abraham Lincoln, um, you know, that he was saying that if, if I could, uh, if I only had, I think it was like 30 minutes or an hour or something like that, I'm, I'm butchering this quote. If I had like an hour to cut down a tree, I'd spend like 30 minutes sharpening my axe. And that's how we should be. If we're not practicing our skill or our spiritual gifts or, or, or honing our spiritual lives in, in a more controlled environment, whether it's the privacy of our prayer closet, whether it's in our home, whether it's in the four walls of a church, then when it starts dialing in to where it really matters, we cannot expect the same level of efficiency that we would like to see sometimes as is in the in, in controlled environment. Um, and, and I understand that God can do anything and God can speak through us and it'll be spot on. I'm not, I'm not uh, 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 disagreeing with that for sure. Uh, but when no matter... Okay, let's put it this way. If we are in our spiritual, personal time, and we do not hone our skills, do not expect that when you are put on the line to, uh, uh, to step in a role, um, that you are going to be accurate. Okay, using a, a loose terminology there. Um, if, if we're not... Um, dialing into the Spirit of God on a regular basis, then we cannot expect to be right on, spot on, um, you know, behind a pulpit at a big conference. Um, if, if we're not practicing music, um, you know, on a regular basis, maybe our, our, our a musical instrument or our voice, then we cannot expect to get in front of thousands of people or hundreds of thousands of people or or in front of the church on Sunday, and expect to do it right. We've got to practice these things, and and it's not trying to take the spiritual things and make it common by saying practice, but we do have to practice our skills. We do have to practice the giftings. We do have to practice these things and allowing God to use us as much as possible so that when we do have that opportunity to come uh, into the spotlight, if you will, then we're not going to fall flat on our face. 
that we know what the Spirit of God uh, feels like, we know what the Word of God says, that we have interacted with Him, and we have uh, touched base with the people, we have uh, uh, practiced the music, we have uh, uh, read our notes of the sermon, we've done all of that, we've done our homework. And so the training for me, you know, the other day was was an eye-opening experience uh, that I got to continue to grow in the practice. I may be good at this over here, but there are things over here that I need to work on. And the second story that I want to share is, so years ago I was part of a drama team, puppet team, and and um, I practiced the puppet. You know, I, I, I thought I was really good with it, uh, making it lifelike, and, and the kids always loved it. Um, but when I started competing nationally, uh, for it, um, I think I did it twice. Um, I, I, I think one time I didn't make it past the first round and the second time I didn't even make it past the second, uh, the, the second round. And, you know, that was very disappointing for me. Um, it, it kind of knocked the wind out of me because I thought I was really, really good. And when I started competing with some of these individuals, it was like, oh my heavens, like, I mean, 12-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 18-year-olds, whatever age they were, they were knocking it out of the park. They made these pieces of foam and pieces of material that was glued together to make a puppet. They made them look like human beings. The way they moved, the way they talked, the way they moved their head, um, all those different things. It was amazing. And so, you're always going to find someone that's better than you, faster than you, smarter than you, richer than you, more talented than you. Um, whether you're a, a church football team, uh, um, softball team, maybe you're a security team member, maybe you're a puppeteer, you're a preacher, you're an usher, you're a singer, musician, a teacher, whatever it is, just keep in mind that there's someone else out there that's better than you. If we're looking at talents and abilities and, and what we bring to the table, there's someone that's out there that's going to do better than you if we're comparing those things. Once again, at the very beginning of this episode, I said, I'm not trying to say this has got to be a competition between uh, church members or preachers or anything like that, but it is something in the back of many people's minds um, when we are interacting with other people. It is something subconscious within us that we want to be the best that we can be. We want to be the best of X, Y, Z. Uh, but in the reality of it, we're not. Um, and if we ever find, a, find ourselves in a place where we are the best, and there's no one to challenge us, there's no one uh, to compete against our, our, our um our skill or our talent or whatever, we can become very complacent in our growth. And, you know, why study harder? Why study harder when no one disagrees with you or no one is asking questions you don't have answers for? If if you're teaching home Bible studies or you're teaching a Sunday school class and you can teach it and you don't even have to study for it, you don't have to do anything for it, um, you know, I you know, look at your growth, check, check your growth, make sure you're still growing. You know, um, you may be the smartest uh, guy in the room. You may be the smartest woman in the room. You may be, 
But you better believe it. One day someone's going to walk in that room that's smarter than you. And if we are not careful as Christians, as apostolics, all because we have Acts 2.38 doesn't mean we've got all truth and everything's just in line and we've got all everything together. No. There are more things in that Bible and those in, in that cover for us to learn and to grow in. And it's great that we have Acts 2.38. I am so thankful for Acts 2.38. But if all we know is Acts 2.38 and Deuteronomy 6.4, we are in big trouble. Because we need our, our preachers, our musicians, our saints, uh, our ushers, we need them sharp as a tack and ready to go for when the time comes, we can give an answer uh, uh, for those questions, that we can help those individuals that are struggling. We can give counsel for those that are seek seeking counsel. Well, I mean, why should we uh, meet more times as a maybe a softball team? Why should we practice more if there is no other a team that can beat us? Every single time we beat all other teams. Every single time we play, we're first place. Every single time we're on top. Don't you think that if you're winning every single game that you start becoming complacent? that you start letting down and start cutting corners and, well, well, we don't have to practice. So we know how to do all of that or or we we know doctrine. We, we've got this down. We, we know what we believe. We, we, we've, why should we study more on doctrine? Why should we teach more on doctrine in Sunday school? Why should we uh, uh, preach more doctrine in the pulpit? Why uh, should we talk about that topic, you know, as a church or in small groups or to, to uh, uh, put out some resources for the church people? Or why should we practice as uh, the, the music team? Why should we do that when we're the best? People are still running the aisles. People are still getting the Holy Ghost. People are still thinking that we're the greatest musician team at, here at the church, and 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 then I, you know, that I or you is the best preacher or the best teacher, or the best usher or whatever it is. And if if we're always thinking that we're the best or that the church, the people around us are just like, oh yeah, you're the best or whatever. If we're not careful, we become complacent in our growth. Because eventually, somebody will come out of the woodwork. And once again, this is not about being a competitive. This is not a, a, a us versus them. That is not what the, the, the point here is. But if we think that what we know right now is going to be sufficient and enough till for the rest of our life and that no one's going to challenge it, no one's going to uh, 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 question what we're saying, no one's going to ask a question that we don't have an answer to, or someone uh, 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 comes in and it's a better musician, a better singer, or whatever. Hello? Hello? Uh, we have to be careful to not become complacent in our growth. We have to continue uh, practicing our music. We've got to continue practicing our preaching. We've got to keep on practicing uh, our, our uh, security team, our music team, our softball team, whatever it is. got to keep on moving forward and continue growing. we got to. Because the last thing we want to do is, why should I study for my Sunday school lesson when I know the material, the people in the class knows the material, the people in the class are no longer asking questions, and if they did ask a question, I know the answer. 
That is a sad day when, when we're not growing, whether it be the listener on the pew or in the chair, or it's the person that's speaking. If we're no longer asking questions, we're no longer uh, sharpening one another, we're not helping one another, we're not asking those questions and being able to dive deeper into an answer. We're not diving deeper into doctrine and what the Bible teaches and what the Bible preaches. We're in a dangerous place if we stop growing, if we become complacent in our growth. We need those people who ask questions we don't have answers to yet. We need those people who are better than us in music. I, I, you know, I, I want to see better musicians, better singers, uh, uh, better Sunday school teachers. And it's not knocking anybody that's already in those uh, arenas, that's already faithful, that's already doing the work of the ministry. It's not knocking them. But we need to be reaching out and, instead of going, well, he, he can play the guitar better than me. Well, I don't know. You know, we allow intimidation or jealousy or envy get between us and our, our brother or uh, between us and our sister or someone that's outside our four walls that maybe doesn't believe exactly like we do. But we don't want to reach out to those people. We don't want to interact with those people. We don't want to take them out for a coffee. Nothing like that because we know in the back of our brain they're better than us or we think they're better than than us, or we're better than them, and it becomes this competition in, in the back of our minds, and it starts causing division within the body of Christ, because we're trying to figure out, well, who's better, and who's this, and I'm the best, and there's no competition, no one uh, can uh, knows the Bible like I do, or, you know, whatever it is, it's like, wait a minute, time out. Time out here. We need to keep on growing, keep on studying, keep on practicing. Yes, we've got to do those things. Because if we stop growing, then yes, we have failed those around us. We cannot stop growing. It's not a competition about us versus them. But when we surround ourselves with people that fast more than us, pray more than us, play better than us, then what happens? It helps us grow. Once again, if, if your team or your uh, group or yourself as an individual, if you're the best every single time, whether it's a fun competition of maybe a softball game or it's just some this, this, this thought that's in the back of our brain that no one knows the Bible as much as I do or uh, 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 no one sings as good as I do or whatever. And a lot of people that's listening to this, maybe you never struggle with those thoughts. Maybe you never do that. In fact, maybe you go to the other spectrum of going, well, I kind of doubt everybody's better than me. Everybody sings better than me. Everybody. Well, that's not good either. And maybe I can do an episode on that. Of We got to have self-esteem. We do need to see the value. We do need to see ourselves as God sees us, that we are his children. We are important to him, that we are uh, uh, valuable in his sight. We do have a purpose. God does have a plan for our lives. Absolutely, that is true. We need to have self-esteem, not just in our uh, uh, our. Uh, our well, not in our uh, identity or what we can do. That's not where our self-identity should come from. Our self-identity should come from who He is and what He can do and what He wants to do in us. 
what he wants to do through us, how he wants to use us in these end times. That's where our self-identity should come from. He's got wonderful plans for us. He's got wonderful plans for you and your future. He's got wonderful plans for your church and for your youth group and for your ministry. He's got wonderful plans. It's going to multiply. Absolutely. We need to have self-esteem and not just, well, I've got to turn the other cheek and so I've got to be Christian. And somebody's beating you to, to a pulp. You don't have to let people beat you up to a pulp. And that includes you. We need to stop uh, uh, criticizing ourselves. We got to stop beating ourselves up. Well, I'm trying to turn the other cheek. No, no, no. You've got to understand there is a balance. We've got to have self-esteem that, hey, I am a child of God. I do have a purpose and God can use me, right? But at the same time, the other side of it, which is what this episode is about, is that we have to understand that does not mean we are the best and that no one can come along and out-preach us, out-sing us, out-play us, uh, out-practice us. And I, I'm on this uh, 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 one mentoring group, and I don't know, there's 30, 40, 60 uh, young men in there. I kid you not, these guys, good grief, the, the, the amount of fasting and praying these young men do don't tell me that this generation, the millennials or the or the the Gen Z, don't tell me that they don't have a a a desire for the things of God. They do. These fellas, they several of them has gone on forty day fasts, and and they're they're fasting on a regular basis. They're praying on a regular basis. They're baptizing people. They're praying people through to the Holy Ghost. Oh, but it seems like every week. There's something going on in their lives. And so when we surround ourselves with these people, not to we don't want to alienate these people that's quote unquote better than us. Let's bring them closer to us. If they're praying more than you, attach yourself to them and go, well, I'm going to pray more. If, if they're fasting more than you <clears throat> and praying more than you, playing better than you, then attach yourselves to them and saying, hey, let's partner together. I need to work on my bass guitar more. I, I, I need to sing uh, uh, more. I, I need to practice more. I need to pray more. I need to fast more. We need to partner with these people. If they seem to know more about the Bible and the scripture uh, than what you do, then we need to embrace that and say, hey, I am so thankful that what God has revealed to you, let us dive deeper into the scriptures and see what else God has for us. We need one another, even if we disagree on some things. You know, if, if there's somebody across the pew from you, and you need that person. You may not see eye to eye with that person. You may not uh, agree on every single thing, but that is okay. Continue growing. Keep on seeking God. Keep on filling after His presence. Keep on studying His Word. We shouldn't feel jealousy or envy or an un, or a unhealthy competition with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Something that I try to pray is 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 I try to pray this every day and or, or before services. I say, God, take any unhealthy competition out of my my motives, out of my thinking, out of my my heart. I don't want to have unhealthy competition with my brothers and sisters. 
If I see somebody else having revival, I should not be getting jealous over them and try to diminish them and try to uh, box them in because they're having a revival and I seem like I'm not. If I see somebody on the platform and they've got the microphone in their hand and they're singing a solo and that's something that I wanted to do and I haven't been able to do it, instead of having a, a, a jealousy over it or, or bitterness or whatever, I need to embrace that, rejoice with them and let them go because that should encourage me to grow. What if Cain and Abel, what if Cain wouldn't have been so competitive with his brother Abel? Because he could have said, oh, you know what? Abel offered a better sacrifice. God accepted that. And I should take a note of that saying, Lord, I, I am sorry that I offered just something that was common, that was convenient. There was no blood sacrifice to that. Abel did that. I was wrong. He did something good. I'm going to change my ways and I'm going to offer something that is pleasing to you, Lord. What if Cain would have done that? Or Saul versus David. What if King Saul, instead of trying to kill David, what if he said, you know what? I recognize that I messed up on some things. I disobeyed God. But David is a man after God's own heart. I'm going to do what I can to promote him. Isn't that what his son Jonathan did? Jonathan, he took off his garments, gave his, you know, David all this stuff, and he says, hey, I recognize that God's hand is upon your life, and, and I'm going to prefer you over myself. What if King Saul would have done that? Or uh, what about Sarah and Hagar, right? I mean, there was this rivalry within their home. Well, if, if, if Sarah and Abram would have kept their heads on straight, then maybe we would have some better uh, times and some, uh, some nations and stuff that would be more in alignment with one another. So one person that came to my mind about this that did such a good job was Hannah. Hannah. This is a Samuel's uh, a mother, and you can read this in First First uh, Samuel, chapter one. But uh, this man had two wives, and of course we know about Hannah. But the other wife was Penina. Well, Penina, she uh, had children, and she was given uh, given her husband children, but Hannah couldn't. Hannah was barren; her womb was shut up, and and. Well, did she get bitter? Did she uh, uh, have some unhealthy competition uh, with the other wife? No. Hannah, what did she do? She went to God. She went to the house of God and started praying. And then guess what? God spoke a word into her life. God gave her a word, and then sometime later she had Samuel. And of course, the whole world, if you've read the Bible, if you've read you know, a lot of the Old Testament and so forth, and especially about King David and Samuel and King Saul and so forth, you've known about Samuel. We don't know about the other kids. We don't know about them. But Hannah, instead of getting this unhealthy competition and to stunt her growth and being complacent about growing and seeking after God on an issue, she went to God for it. And so with our, our walk with God, we cannot become complacent with our growth. And my challenge for us, for us, you and me, are, are the challenge is, is let us join hand in hand. You may be better at this, I may be better at that, and then so-and-so may be better than both of us on another thing. Then let us join together work together, study together, pray together, fast together, and let's work in harmony with one another. 
Let's work, let our gifts and operation and, and our administration and uh, the prophetic insight, let all these things work together in harmony. Let's not have the foot arguing with the hand and the hand with the ear and the ear with the nose. Let's not have this competition against one another and, and, and thinking that the hand can operate on its own or the foot can walk on its own or the nose can just survive by itself. No, we're, we're gifted in different areas. We're gifted in different ways, but we need to allow each one of us to rub off on one another, to unite together, to work together as one body, that you are better at this, this, and this. I may be better at this over here. Then let's join together and work together and to keep stimulating the body of Christ to continue to grow and expand so that the kingdom of God can reach the potential that is in God's mind and, and His desire. We need to continue growing. We need to keep pursuing. We need to keep on moving forward. We cannot become complacent about growth, whether that's personal, whether it's a, a local assembly, whether it's a family, whether it's a team, whether it's a ministry, whatever it is. We cannot become complacent. We've got to continue to grow because this thing is exploding. This thing is wrapping up. This is end times, and we need all hands on deck. We need everybody involved and utilized in their fullest capacity. And we don't have time for unhealthy competition. And we don't have time to become complacent in our growth because somewhere, somebody is needing us to be at our full potential. Thank you guys for listening in and we'll see you next time.